Welcome back to Rolling for 20. I am your trusted DM, Brian. And I'm Koosh. This week, we're trying a little bit of a different format, uh, just because we can't seem to pick one topic. And since we're gamers, we're going to play a little game. Uh, it's going to be a small game. A 20-minute game. We have a starting topic and a 19-minute timer. We can go wherever we want, uh, but once that timer goes off, we've got one minute to bring it back full circle. And this week's topic is Troubled Players, and I'm starting the timer now. So, Troubled Players. All right, so you probably have much more GM experience than I do, and I don't really have to say probably. You definitely do. Uh, Why don't you start with uh, some of the most problematic players you've had. Well, ironically, it's been as a player at a table more so than than being an actual DM. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think that the people that I DM with are, are good people because... Well, that happens a lot when you have like trusted friends. Yeah, that's like. true. I mean, I, I, I play with people that I've known for 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the group that we play with. Mm-hmm. But there's been times that I've played at, at tables where you just run into troubled people and, you know, problematic players where they... They become very confrontational with the DM over mm-hmm. stupid rules. Other players tend to butt heads with one another, whether or not they think that their character should do something. Like, like I think your character should do something, so I may interject my thoughts on that rather than let you oh, yeah. make that, that decision. Yeah. I remember one time my son and I, we were playing at this one game in the mall, and he was younger. He was probably like 11 years old, and he moved one of the guy's miniatures to... You know, to, to move him over there. And the guy actually got pretty upset. He was like, don't move my mini. You know, so, <laughs> oh, man, I hope this doesn't turn into something ugly. I just don't Gavin, yeah, Just put the thing back. Don't touch anybody's miniatures. You know, just mind your own guy, you know. And this uh, is... You, you got to learn at some point. You know, this is it's a mistake you didn't know. Well, you know, and I think that kind of falls with table etiquette, too. Yeah. You know. I'm glad that we have this new format, by the way, because this this is just going to thread Dude, all it's over been, the place. <laughs> it's been like two minutes. I know, but I mean, <laughs> at, at some point, let, well, let's still talk about the trouble players. What have you had with trouble players? No, no, you, no, no. Let's let's go. Let's go to etiquette, man. Let's go. Okay, we're going into we, etiquette. We we're to, diving into etiquette right we, now. We've got to embrace this new format. <laughs> okay. Well, like with etiquette, um, I don't think that anybody should interject what somebody else should do with their particular, with that person's particular character. Like, yeah, so, I mean, just in general, I think people are alpha or they're not, you know? And so people have a tendency to impose their decisions on other people. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to go here and I want you to cover that. Well, I don't want to cover that. You know, I'm, I'm a rogue. I should be going around the backside, not covering a, a door or something stupid. Like, I that. mean, even, even then, like on a higher level, like, it's not just what you should be doing. It's like, what is my character going to do? If my character thinks like, this is what I should be doing, uh, or I think this is what my character thinks he should be doing. What someone else says is like, Oh, you should do this. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe that's optimal, but that's not necessarily what my character is going to do. Yeah. I mean, you could even be role playing your character where he may not have a high intelligence and that might just be the decision that he makes, you know, is to, to go around the backside. And you're just role playing him all the way through. Yeah, that's just that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, but uh, going back to sort of table etiquette, I mean, is there any other thing that you've seen other than sort of imposing yourself on someone else's character? Uh, well, I've seen people touch other people's dice. 
that that depends, right? It depends how close you are. I don't and know, also man. like if you, like no like uh well I would never touch your dice, but that's for a different reason. Just Yeah, I know, it's just because they're they're hexed. <laughs> they're, they're, they're tainted. They're, they're tainted <laughs> dice. <laughs> but um, You're actually doing yourself a service by not touching my yeah. dice. <laughs> but like if some people are uncomfortable with it, some people are comfortable with it, you know. Uh, and knowing knowing the people you're playing with. Are we is talking about dice now? Yeah. Okay. Uh I hope we're still talking about dice. Okay. And it, well, it depends what kind of relationship you have with the other players. No, I mean, I, I mean, we're not talking about <laughs> maneuvering somebody's character. So I'm just, I'm just fluid with with the decisions yeah, we're yeah, making yeah, with no, the no. new format here. No, so no, no. I'm liking it too. I don't feel so um, railroaded oh, like man. we tried to discuss last time. Well, I mean, I mean, we were in a, we were in like a sort of D and D podcast where we make it up as we go along, and then we try to do this very structured thing, man. I think so. <laughs> I mean, that leads us to like our last topic with sandbox versus railroad. You know, <laughs> if you you know if you're going to railroad me across, at least give me a general direction. Yeah. Otherwise, you know. Yeah, dude, this is fuck that. We don't even need that episode anymore, man. We this, don't actually. We've we've already we've already shown like, hey, man, we got a sandbox. And we just give you a seed to begin with, and then it can go. Well, what do you think about sandboxes versus railroads? Uh, I mostly play in railroady kind of games. I mean, the game I run is somewhere in between, but like, I like, I like, and more importantly, the players that I have, they like a game where they have a goal. We're trying to get over here, um, and also. Put a little bit on top of that. I don't know if I'm good enough to run, to actually not run, but complete a sandbox game. That sounds very hard to like, hey, we've been playing this campaign for two years or something. People want to play new characters. How does this game end? Yeah, and every time that I've ever been part of a sandbox type game, it's been more like, okay, well, you are here. Where do you want to go? And you've got the whole world. And like I've said before, unless somebody's going to give you an almanac of this world, you're completely lost. You really don't know because you don't know what's beyond there. And I understand that's part of uh, exploration and part of the adventure of the game. But if you're just wandering and wandering, there should be something out there. But then again, on the flip side, if people have this conception of railroad. If you're going from point A to point B, you're really moving just from one encounter to the next, yeah. and that could actually get stale over time. You don't want to feel like you're trying to complete somebody else's novel for them. Yes, you know, because we've we've said this several times in the past. Is like our understanding of a railroad is we're just moving through this guy's story. We yeah. don't have any free agency, mm-hmm. and I think that the term railroad can be used in a broader sense, where you're still getting from point A to point B, but there's a lot more tracks available to you on this railroad yeah, that I you think, can use. I think the issue is just like a lot of people don't <clears throat> recognize that just because of the baggage from the term. The phrase my character got railroaded is out there. And, and, and a lot of, a lot of people immediately jump on that too. They yes. they they hear that there's going to be a this type of campaign and they they feel it's railroad and they don't even give it a chance. Yes. You know, they're everybody's so into the open world video games now like Skyrim or Breath of the Wild or Grand Theft Auto that they envision that a sandbox D&D game will be similar to it and it's really not because you're not yeah. doing a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I think open world games are actually generally probably closer to somewhere in between sandbox and railroad uh, just because 
Sky, Skyrim does have a direction. Generally, most people don't follow it, but no. there is a direction. And they always give you new bits of direction with quests, uh, and then right. they lead they you don't to another just, one. I mean, you have a an end goal. You know that somewhere in this world, and it's usually in that direction, that you've got to go. So, But in a D&D sandbox, yeah. if somebody just puts you in a plot of land and says, go. Well, go where? What what am I doing in this world? I mean, do you have you have to build a structure for the sandbox, mm-hmm. and then it no longer feels like a sandbox. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, no. It's like, I think it's like eventually, if you tell somebody, okay, you're starting here, but at some point you need to get to that high castle over there. Yeah, but you're over here, and you can get there any way you want. That's just a lot of tracks on the railroad to get you to that. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're you saying. Know? No, that that makes perfect sense. I, I and I think it's very easy. Uh, for players to think not not like intentionally or anything like that i think there's it's just very easy to hear the dm say hey man you or not even say explicitly but say hey you need to get to this castle are Uh, those troubled players uh not yet we didn't hear an alarm man you gotta (laughs) chill out (laughs) just just making sure we can get back around we don't have to to get back on track man don't worry we got time relax okay we're good we're We're solid (laughs) no but like as soon as you hear like i gotta get to this castle your immediate thought is like well okay i guess i should start going into this castle otherwise the dm's not gonna have anything prepared for me along the way or the dm's not gonna like work with me along the way on this now that could also have to do with the caliber of dm that you have though too oh yeah of course he may not have anything but then some some dms prefer to to stock their world so that as you're moving along that trek, you yeah. do encounter other things that may pull you in other directions. And I don't know, for me as a as a DM, I'm not a big fan of, of throwing out quests along your quest. I don't oh, okay. like to oversaturate the quest log. I'm not a big fan of that. Because then things just they start compiling and you you know, you almost gotta start keeping a, a scorecard of everything. <laughs> and, and that's I'm not into keeping log books and 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 accounting papers for D you know for D and don't like doing that. So I'm actually on the other side of that. I actually throw out a decent number of quests. I throw out maybe like two or three other quests for players uh, that maybe they want to follow that instead. Uh, and I do that to try and keep the world a little bit open and also like make sure that people aren't maybe getting tired of like going down this exact uh, the sort of story path that I have out for right. them. Right. But uh, I, I I totally get what you mean by like maybe it gets oversaturated. So I like try to I try to at least rope it in a little bit. I try to like if I've got like five if my players are thinking about like five quests, I'm like all right this this NPC that I wrote in here that kind of like wants the players to do something because like something's going on in his life. Let's just like let's just write him out of there. <laughs> don't don't and, bring him in. And there was something that I wrote out of the the recent campaign that we're going mm-hmm. through that. I could probably save at a later time or do something else with it on the back end mm-hmm. only because it was, uh, it was counterproductive for what we were doing and mm-hmm. I didn't want it to, to keep going combat, 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 you know, I'm not interested in that, but I've also got, yeah. um, threads that are in play for where there will be a, a point where you will achieve what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then as you complete that quest and bring it back around, it, the next wave takes you up and over, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're not going to be the whole 
story isn't about the the soul crucible. Mm-hmm. That's not the whole story. That's like a, a yeah, I figured a small I... piece of this where you know if you guys find it or you guys make it or whatever happens, you know it, it it's not da da. You know, I found the golden we key. So like, there's 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 way more to all this. We have to start a new podcast. Yeah, well, in <laughs> no. even. Even I've got ideas for when the characters start getting at too high of a level, and, and you know people are like, "Okay, well we're we're way overpowered, and <laughs> we're doing this stuff." How to start bringing in fresh characters too? You know, like the the ideas behind that. And I, uh, I think okay, that interesting. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I, I came up with a really good idea that we'll probably see in a couple months down the line how those get threaded into the new narrative. Oh, really? Yeah, very so cool. I, I think, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I thought about it, and you know, it's just like, man, that just that really rang true. And I, I don't want to say it on, I don't want to lead anybody. Well, on, I don't want you to tell me now. Well, I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> Good, <laughs> that's going to be that's the least ideal situation for me as a player in which you tell me uh, this super cool, exciting thing. Well, I work next to Junior, uh-huh. and so it's it's hard for me to not get excited when I'm because I used to tell him stuff about the Blood Vault all the time. Like uh-huh. every day, he watched me build this campaign for you guys and, and uh-huh. all this awesome shit and stuff and it's like he's like yeah that sounds really cool really cool well i can't tell him anything because he's part of riders on the storm yeah so. yeah wait so he knew about blood vault what was going on right uh-huh. but it took him a while to join our table was is it just because that campaign was going on we didn't want to add no, any more he, characters? he didn't show an interest of it at the time it wasn't until i uh i was listening to a podcast and i don't mind plugging these guys because they're awesome uh-huh. the glass cannon podcast these yeah. guys are they set the bar high. I don't, I don't think they need a plug from us. but They certainly don't, but I, I just want to give them props because these guys yes, are outstanding. Yes, for sure. They got great audio. They got a great chemistry around their table. But, um, Do you uh, think if we he, plug them, they will plug us? Let's just send this to them and see what happens. Sure. Why not? Skid, I've emailed you. You're a great guy. You know me, Brian Bangan. Anyways, um, what, I was, what I was saying was that at one point, one of the well, their their GM Troy mm-hmm. was doing an intro to one of their one of their shows, and he was talking about how he wasn't where he wanted to be in life. <clears throat> he wanted to be a writer and a, a director and star in his own show and stuff like that. And it didn't really get him where he wanted to be, but he realized that he was helping out a lot of people because a lot of people would write in and tell him what a great job they've been doing with their show and everything, and how it really helps them and motivates them and and makes a, a otherwise mundane or unpleasant day more happy. Mm-hmm. And, Junior was going through some troubles, and I said, "You know what? You just gotta listen. To this. Just download like two episodes. It'll it'll change it, man. It's funny. It's it's really well done." And so he he did it, and the guy's hooked. I mean, he's already up on all their episodes. He Damn. started downloading Android is and Aliens, and that's what got him wanting to do this. Oh, really? So I yeah. said, "Well, here's what we're gonna do. You know, why don't you?" Well, I told him what my overall goal was was to start a podcast, and I said. Why don't you come to the table at the comic shop and we'll, you know, we'll get you indoctrinated because we need another character, another player, anyways. Because Jessica and Eric are married, and whenever one of them's gone, they're both gone, and they're just not enough people. Yeah. So, you know, because you and I wouldn't show up. So we, if we had three people, we would show up with the yeah. DM. You know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He started playing, and it worked out really well. And then when we started getting the thing together with the podcast, it was just a change of venue from there to mm-hmm. my house and you know he was on board the whole way and he he's enjoyed it ever since which is really great i mean he's bought a lot of the books he's you know he reads the dmg and the player's guide at work when he's got a little <laughs> bit downtime it's it's really impressive that's so. cool i mean that's such a 
common story probably now that you know you listen to some podcasts and then you get into D and D that way. I think generally the the old sort of standard to getting into D and D was like, oh yeah, my friends in high school or something. Yeah, it was played a word of mouth. I yeah. learned it in junior high. I mean, yeah, I a neighborhood kid. You know, I've said this story before. He introduced me to it because he got it for Christmas, and I got really hooked. And next thing I know, I found out that another one of my friends was played D and D, and he never told me. You know, it was really yeah. weird. Like, there's my friend Rick. He he was playing D and D, and I was like, wow, you know, I played D and D. And then some other kid that I, I didn't really think of my, as my friend. He wasn't an enemy, but we became really close friends. Because he played D and D, and I mean, he became a really good friend of mine through high school. And then another one of my friends, Sam, I didn't. He was a great. He's a great artist. I didn't even know he played D and D till we'd been hanging out together for like a year. I'm like, dude, you play D and D? Yeah. So does my, our friend Eric. Eric, the big juice head. Yeah. You know, it's like you just <laughs> need to find out that all these people play D and D. And I don't know. Back in the day, it was like a, a stigmata that nobody wanted to say they played it because they didn't want to be perceived as this this basement nerd when it couldn't be further from the truth because i think that a lot of people have a blast playing this game oh I know, yeah i know sure. i do i mean whether you're drinking soda or you're you're drinking scotch and and water like we've done when we played before you know you just you're having a good time with your friends yeah i think also the fact that a lot of celebrities have come out and said that they play D helps a lot for to sort of take off from that Stigmata that, yeah, you know, it's, it's only for nerds. networks and stuff like I mean, that are available. It, it, it's a little bit for nerds, but <laughs> but there are a lot of cool nerds out there. Okay, well, look at it this way. If you were to remove the miniatures and the map and just play Theater of the Mind, okay? I mean, the, that word there already is enough, right? Theater. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, okay, I maybe mean, the theater kids weren't the coolest back in the so day also, but... you're doing that. How is that any different than playing poker oh. and betting money or or doing charades with your family members? Or you know, sitting around for Monopoly, a game night or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a game that's that you could make money off of, whether you have a Patreon or whatever else you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's that's really kind of cool. I think that it's touched a lot of people's lives, and I'm glad to see people are actually coming out, you know, out into the open, out mm-hmm. into the sunshine, and saying, "Yeah, I like this game." You know, it's a <laughs> it's a productive game. No, it's, you know, it's it great. is. It gets people out of their shells completely. Yeah, of you know? course. I mean. It takes a lot to stand, you know, sit in front of five other people and present your character. That, yeah, well, not just well present your character, but like to DM that too. It's like you really got to put yourself out there and hope you don't look like a fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in you which case, really if somebody yourself. does that and they actually start causing a problem. I gotta, no, 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 no. We wait for the timer to go. So, just so the listeners know, Brian has spent the last three minutes staring at. At clocks and timers of various my, guys. My phone went dark and I can't see where yeah, it's going. Like, so. He's like, no, you you have to be surprised by the timer. Oh, I'm sorry. And okay. So anyway, so if you're sitting <laughs> up in front of all these people, you know, even my wife says like from years ago, like I was a very reserved person, but I've actually come out of my shell considerably uh-huh. over the years. And I, I think that getting back into D&D has really helped that come about. Yeah, I think that's in the, oh shit. See, this is why you gotta get fucking surprised. All right, well, I was surprised. Um, so when I came out of my shell... You became a problem player? I don't think I was a problem player. No, I... I <laughs> no I, one I, says I'm that about easy. themselves. Come on, man, we're running out of, running out of juice. Uh, no, 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 we're here. We got, we got like, we got a solid 30 seconds okay. to get back to problem players, which we're nearly on. No, but I think coming out of your shell uh, is, is great. 
just be conscious of table etiquette because I think that's probably, you know, it was our first jumping off point that we got off it right away. I think if you do your best to stay in uh, like a very, I don't want to say polite, but just, you know, follow table etiquette. And I think there's a good chance you will not be a problem player. I think so too. And I think that if anybody were to give me any grief for coming and being more enthusiastic than some people, I think that could be a problem. And I could be a problem player. (laughs) Well, we did it. We did it. We fucking did it. Uh, Uh, That felt pretty smooth. I liked it. Uh, Maybe it's not sustainable with how many topics we hit, but we'll find out. You know what, man? It's a good format that kind of bounces around and hopefully people enjoy it and we'll see. And, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So uh, if anybody has any questions or they want to get in touch with the show, where can they contact us at? They can contact us at rollthehard20podcast at gmail.com. Or visit the website at? Again, rollthehard20podcast.com. Uh, yes. I almost faltered there for a you minute. You did. <laughs> well, this is your trusted DM, Brian, saying goodnight. And this is Koosh. Good day. Good day. <laughs>